All right, here we go. Streets and Scholars, Alex Alonso, and 600 here to bring you guys another banger. Uh, FG is out this week, but I brought in 600 so we could chop it up about all the topics you guys want to hear about. But before we start, I just want to remind everybody that we're on all podcast platforms. If you're watching the video, that's great. But if you want to hear the entire episode, go visit the Apple podcast platform, Spotify, Google or iHeart or any of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can hear this entire episode. But for right now, what's been going on with 600? Man, uh, I really been chilling, man. Uh, basically, I had a YouTube channel for like, I don't know, four years now. Bring that mic a little bit closer. I probably had this YouTube channel for like four years now. Okay. Um, but just a few interactions, you know, a few contents just kind of just took me up on the radar, everybody. You know what I mean? And it just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Yeah, man, because I first tapped in with you uh, this year, 2023. Uh, everybody was sending me these links, 600, 600. Yeah. I'm like, who's this guy? 600. Then I was tapping in with Spider, 600. So, yeah, man, I've been, um, been checking you out. And you definitely be, uh, I guess you can say, um, if they gave an award for new content creator of the year that just hit the scene with a splash, <laughs> Uh, I think they'd give it to you. It's not necessarily based on like views or subscribers, but the, the presence that you've just made in this short year. Right. Well, I mean, shit, that's something, you know, <laughs> I really wasn't expecting it, but you know, that's usually how I do though. I go all out with something. Usually what I do, I go all in with it, you know? So I've been just dropping nonstop videos, like fuck it, how I play out, it play out, you know? But I ain't really doing nothing different. I think um, when a certain amount of people see you or a certain people see you, it kind of just take win on its own. But I've been dropping, I have probably six, 700 videos before you heard of me, you know? I think my last 100 or two just probably just came. Uh, but like I said, I'm a pro boxer, man. I've been doing this shit for a while. It's just that for some reason, people, you know, what they call poker the bear. And uh, I'm at them. That's just how I go. And that's just how I roll. Well, let's start off with this boxing stuff because um, I'm interested in finding out when did you get into boxing and, and when did you start taking it serious? Um, I always wanted to be a boxer. Uh, I'm a fan of boxing. I've been in a boxing gym a few times over the years, hit the bag, probably hit some mitts, but not really nothing serious, never nothing sparring. When I was done with the street life in 2016, well, the end of 2015, I said I'm done with it. And I said in 2016, I was going to be a professional boxer. So 2016, I turned pro, had my first pro fight. Uh, I probably sparred maybe a, a sparring is when you go in the ring and practice with someone. I probably had like two rounds of that ever before my first pro fight. No amateur fights, you know, no trainer, no promoter, no manager. Fuck it, let's go. You know, because the street shit is over with. I'm done with it. I retire. And I'm going to go test my hand in boxing. And that was 2016. Um... I, what, like, I like went cold turkey with all the street stuff. And a little bit about me, I was at the peak of my career with the drugs, the street shit, the name, the money, and everything. And I just walked away like, you know what, this is it. I'm either going to be in jail or dead if I keep doing this shit, man, I'm cool. What's up with the boxing? I looked into it, uh, moved my family to Vegas. I'm all in with the boxing. So what made you uh, go into boxing? What was, what was, you must have had a previous 
interest or some previous experience to want to start boxing professionally? No, nah, I never really had no experience. So it's just something I want to do. And I'm 32 years old. Uh, I took a couple losses, you know, big losses, a couple hundred thousand dollar losses, different times within like, you know, six months. And um, I'm like, man, I got to do this boxing thing with a little bit money I got left. Fuck it. Did you get robbed or something? Yes and no. Not robbed, like, give me this, but somebody ran off with 100000 And then I, the police took 100000 from me <laughs> within, like, 30 days. And that was it. I said, shit, I can't do it. I don't know if I'm hot. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to kill somebody. I'm going to be in jail. That's it. The money I got, I moved to Vegas, packed it up. Uh, and I said, if I'm going to do this shit, I want to be with the best. I want to be a Mayweather. It's, Vegas is like the fight capital. We're, we're Roger Mayweather at, and, and Mayweather. I go link up with Roger Mayweather. He's going to be my trainer. It's my first real trainer. And, uh, you know, rest in peace to him. He was kind of like getting towards the end, you know, of his training. And, uh, you know, we just wasn't seeing eye to eye. So I said, man, I got to go. Uh, next, 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 next best thing was Floyd Mayweather Sr. for his daddy. Went to him. You know, we trained. I said, listen, man, I'm 32 years old. Uh, you know, do I got it? You know, do I have the potential? Am I too old for this? Because I can go back doing what I was doing. You know, it was like, oh, let's, let's check it out. You know, he's like, nah, you're 32 years old, man. You can box till you're in your 40s, man. You're heavyweight and you ain't got no damage. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, let's get it. I'm all in, man. You know, so what I got to do? Man, meet me here tomorrow. Come to my house and let's go around. Let's go do this, that, and the other. And uh, that's where I started. You know, I just start. How how we get the profile? You gotta pay your way. You gotta pay to get on the show. You gotta pay the promoter. You gotta pay for your own travel. You gotta pay a trainer. I was the first person to take Floyd Mayweather Sr. to Mexico. You know, I took him out there with me. And uh, that was my trainer. And I just ran my record up. So what did the guys uh, that you was uh, functioning with in the streets say when you packed up and moved to Vegas? You just kind of got up and left, kind of spontaneously. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was already doing my own thing by, you know, making my money how I was making it. So I wasn't like I was, you know, pulling drive-bys and <laughs> shooting people the day before I left. I was already, you know, hustling out of town already somewhere. So, you know, when I say the street life, I'm just talking about just all the hustling, all the illegal activity, period. It's over with, you know. I went from making, you know, some nice money <laughs> to spending money, you know what I'm saying? So... Uh, but the hustle, the hustlers gonna always survive. They gonna we gonna always make our way back somehow, some way. So uh, I hustled the boxing game. You know what I'm saying? I made you know all the legit money. The the main reason why I was doing it because I'm like in my mind I still want to go back and hustle at some point. And I've lost so much money to law enforcement from not proving how I got this money. And I said, no, nah, once I get a big check, you know, hundred thousand, you, you police can't take this from me. You know what I'm saying? So that was one of my main reasons, just to get some legit money. You know what I'm saying? Just so I can have money in my bank account. Just so I can have cash. And Where you get this money from? Prove it. You know what I'm saying? I actually had to sign over waivers to forfeit money, large sums of money, because I couldn't prove where I got it from. Legit. So you was able to escape getting any sort of tax charges or any sort of criminal charges because of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dropped your charges. So one of my one of my first drug cases was uh, I got caught for uh, possession of marijuana and possession for sales. Uh, they say, if you sign over this waiver for this $10,000 cash you got, you know, we'll drop the possession for sales and just give you possession for marijuana. And I got a mar marijuana card. That's, that's nothing. I say, absolutely. <laughs> Take it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that was the main reason right there, too, though. Like I said, just hustling, being in the streets, not really having, you know, the 
business and economical type, you know, people around you to show you how to do things. You know, I was all on my own. And even from the hustling, I was the hustling on my own. Like nobody never really like showed me the game and told me how to do this. I just trial and error and did it all myself. You know what I'm saying? Million dollar plugs, you know what I'm saying? All over, you know what I'm saying? By myself, you know what I'm saying? I grew to that stage by myself. So, uh, and I just had to learn the hard way. So luckily, you know, I chose boxing and I'm very happy and you know where I'm at right now. You know, I'm very happy with the decision I made. So tell me about that uh, first fight that you, uh, the first official fight you had. How'd, how'd you fare in that fight? Because you saying you didn't have any amateur <laughs> experience and not too many rounds under your belt. Yeah. So my first fight, man, I almost lost the fight. So you know how you play football and basketball. You know you you, you shake hands, everyone's cool, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, uh, I gotta pay for the opponent's fees that he wants for the fight. I gotta pay for his room, his travel, blah 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 blah. So I meet the guy. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. I don't know if it's a sparring session or not. So we're gonna just go in here and I'm just in there like, okay, whatever, right? And dude just boom, boom, like clip me on the chin a little bit, damn it, knock me out. I'm like, oh, this shit is real. Like, I got to fight. Mind you, I ain't really got no experience. So I was like, man, fuck this boxing shit. I just roughed him up and dropped him. First round knockout. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not about to be in here playing no more. This is some real shit. <laughs> I'll fuck, fuck off my career before I start, you know what I mean? So. So I told the promoter who I met, like, hey, man, I thought this was like some cool shit. We in Mexico, dude, small. He was smiling and took pictures. I thought he was like going to take a punch and fall or something. You know what I'm saying? He's like, shit, at least I know you got a chin. <laughs> I'm like, damn, this shit's real. So, you know, uh, you can't play games of boxing. Like I said, I never even had an amateur fight. I've never been in the ring before. You know what I'm saying? So ain't no playing. You know, you learn that in sparring, too. The motherfuckers, it's a real fight. Sparring is a real fight. So, and mind you, I had two rounds of sparring with someone who was basically just in there while, while I got my hands up. I have no experience. I got street experience. I got the heart, obviously, and I don't know how to street fight, but boxing is a whole nother ball game. You know, you know, you you, you think you're the biggest, baddest street fighter, and you fight someone who looked like he's a kindergarten teacher and whoop you out bad, you know? So that was my experience, you know what I'm saying? I just kind of like turned it up a notch every one, you know, just kept going, kept building my record up, kept building my record up, so I got a nice, fat payday. And that's what I did. So after that first fight, uh, after you dropped the dude, I guess your confidence built up and you was like, give me your opponent number two. Yeah, it was a little bit of confidence. Like I said, I had to take it serious at that point. So right when I got that fight, that's when I actually made the move to Vegas. And I started training with, you know, trainers and boxers and some of the, I done been in the ring with some of the best heavyweights in the world, you know what I'm saying, at the time. So I'm getting on the job experience, you know what I'm saying? As I'm going along, you know, I'm actually learning the sport, learning, getting more and more experience as I'm going. So yeah, my confidence is building as I'm going. You know. So you're learning, you're learning on the job as well. Yeah. So what did you, other than realizing this was real in that first fight, in terms of like technical stuff, what did you learn in terms of the technical stuff in that very first fight? I don't really learn nothing. It was just, a, it was, I don't really learn nothing technical. I mean, it was just, it was a first round knockout, you know. I think it was like a, a two minute fight, you know. Uh, I really didn't learn nothing. I was learning more in the gym, and I was always gonna learn. I knew that coming into, I'm gonna learn more in the gym. I'm gonna have more rounds and more experience in the gym. Actually, higher skilled fighters and heavier, harder competition in the gym than I will in a real fight, and that's really how I be. Now, as a heavyweight, do you look at the weight of your opponent and make sure that it's it's kind of in line with you? Because in heavyweight division, there is no cutoff. You could be two hundred pounds, you could be two sixty, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's a little unfair that you could, you could be actually you could be I think one ninety five as a heavyweight. Two hundred. Two hundred. Okay, so a two hundred pound guy 
can be in there fighting a 250-pound guy. You can be it's, in there fighting a 300-pound guy. A 300-pound guy. guy. So at yeah. some point, it, it is a little unfair for certain heavyweights when you're fighting other heavyweights. Well, as a heavyweight, it's not unfair. That's what makes the heavyweights different. That's what makes the heavyweight the king. Because as a heavyweight, you can literally say, I can beat any man on the planet. I can beat anybody. Fuck the weight. So as a heavyweight, you know, you inherit that. Yeah, but every other weight division is separated by like 10 pounds, 8 pounds, 9 pounds. Yeah, but pounds. them other divisions are grown men. Yeah, but let's say middleweight is 160. Why not have a, a division that's like 160 to 180? But nah, it's 160, it's 168, I think it's 175. Well, that's the thing. I really can't speak for those guys because <laughs> I'll fight anybody, any size, any weight. That's the difference between a heavyweight. We don't have no limit. If you 100 pounds bigger than me, let's fight. Like today, Tyson would not have the same amount of success fighting the size fighters that exist today in the heavyweight division. Because when Tyson fought... I don't think he had that much success from the start anyway. Well, however you want to judge his success, he rarely ever fought a fighter heavier than 240. Yeah. Now, majority of the heavyweights are yeah. over 240. Yeah. yeah. So how would that look like a guy that's 217, 215 in his prime fighting dudes that are 250, 260, 270? I just, it would be a different Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he, he he had a different type of skill, man. You know, he was... So you don't seem to be a fan of Tyson but based on I that comment? I am comic, a fan of Tyson. But... He's my favorite boxer. Oh, okay. But you just said he wasn't really that successful. I call it spade a spade. No, he's definitely successful as a boxer and all that stuff. When I say successful, you know, and, uh, you know, I just don't think that he beat the right people. You know, I think that all his losses were to the right people. Yeah, but he lost three years of his prime to the penitentiary system. So you got to calculate the impact, the negative impact that being gone from 1992 to 1995 when this guy was a beast. I, like I said, he's my favorite fighter. <laughs> I just think that when he fought the good people, he lost to the good people. Yeah, but every every person he lost to, all the good people he lost to, Holyfield, um, Lennox Lewis, that was after he took the three-year loss in the penitentiary, and I don't think he ever really truly recovered from that. So you're getting a subpar Tyson. He didn't recover. He was in he was in tip top shape when he got out of jail. Yeah, but how, you, you if you don't it was box better, he got out. But never, no, nah, I don't think so. Never in anyone's career you don't box professionally for three years, and then how do you come back when you're not in the ring for three years? Well, if you train in the school, if the bet, and he'll tell you, I've seen some of his interviews. You get oh, you get better as you get older because you get wider, you get wiser. You know what I'm saying? It's, Boxing is about smarts. I think if you watch his fight when he got out of jail, when he fought against McNeely, he was probably in the best shape I've seen him in. Yeah, he probably was in great shape, but I'm saying lo losing three years definitely has a mental and physical impact. And you notice near the end of his career, he started putting on a little weight. He was he was coming in at 230. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I'm talking about when he was fresh out. He yeah. was nice. All right. Um, before we move on to the topic, I wanted to ask about uh, your relationship with uh, Freeway Ricky Ross because I remember I bumped into Freeway Ricky Ross a couple years ago at uh, Earl's Grill on Crenshaw, and no, they're not the sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> um, and he told me he was getting into boxing, and I was like, oh, okay, in terms of managing fighters and him being from L.A., you being from L.A., I'm assuming at some point you guys' paths have crossed um, in this boxing thing. Shout out Freeway Rick. He's my first boxing manager. Is that right? And if it wasn't for Freeway Rick, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about boxing. Is that you know, right? He played a pivotal point in my career. Uh, it was my manager, my sponsor at one point. And um, I really want to get a shout out to him because I haven't really given him his just due. I haven't really given him his credit, you know, for the success I've had. He gave me a lot of game. 
I got the same number. You know, I know he got the same number. So shout out Freeway Rick. So you guys aren't talking right now, the way that you not, just said that. Not as if we into it. It's just that I just ain't called him. <laughs> he probably like, man, I got the same number. You ain't called me. So that's why I'm saying that because I really feel like I ain't been reaching out to him and communicate with him with future things I got going on and uh, stuff like that. So I want to really give him that shout out and give him his credit and give him some love, you know what I'm saying, while I'm on here, while I can, you know. What is it that, um, how did Freeway Rick know so much about the boxing game when he was an outsider at some point, he found his way into it, and you're saying that he gave you so much game. How did he get the game that he gave you? Well, he got me a lot of game on life, you know, a lot of game just on hustling and just about being out here and so some things that we can kind of relate on. As far as the boxing, I believe when I was when I signed with him, he was just getting into boxing. So I probably showed him a few things as he showed me a few things, you know. Uh, like I said, he just played a pivotal point in, you know, me getting a career, me financing some things. Cause like I said, I wasn't hustling no more. So I needed some financial help, you know, while I'm boxing. Like I said, I'm cold turkey. And, um, you know, he, he he helped me out and he was there when I needed. Like I said, he actually funded a few fights, you know, with me coming up. Oh, okay, man. That's cool. Shout out to Freeway Ricky Ross. Uh, I did one of his first interviews uh, that had to be when he first got out of prison, uh, 2010, I believe. And uh, I've been rocking with him ever since. And he's been popping up all over the internet. This dude has been doing it big. So so in terms of the game he gave you, you guys must have had a little bit of a, a common common background because he was the, the drug pin, kingpin of all kingpins at some point <laughs> in the, back in the 80s when you was uh, walking around in diapers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely know who he was. Um, you know, but like I say. When I met him, I was already out the game, and I'm and I think yeah he was out, out of prison, so he was out the game. So you know, um, I didn't even really even want to talk about no type of stuff like that because I'm like squeaky clean. Like at that point, it's like I don't want to hear about nothing, and he don't know me, so let's just keep it boxing. Like we never even had no conversations about none of his history and my history. Oh, y'all never talked about the hustling game? Nah, we ain't never talked about <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we ain't never talked about it. So did some of the game you got from Rick Ross help you with when you decided to start managing Crip Mac and start guiding his career? Um, yeah, kind of, sort of. I took the same approach he he, he took. Uh, basically, like I say, when I met him, I had some things I needed, and he gave me what I needed and let me kind of just do me. That's kind of hand with management, you know, with the artists. You know, shout out Compton TG, Free Compton TG. You know, he's the first artist I signed, the rapper. The Compton um, TG from um – from Atlantic Drive? Yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. know he was locked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be home soon, man. He got um, some time and, you know, he took his play guilty before went to trial and all that stuff and, you know, got some enhancements knocked off. So he should be home pretty soon. Um, Yeah, so kind of like I kind of just, you know, signed him, you know what I'm saying, and gave them my resources and kind of just step back and let them do them. Not like, oh, I'm the manager. I'm going to do this. Let's do this. I can have my recommendation, but you your own artist. You your own dude. Let's just do what you do. Now, with a boxer, I just signed a boxer, too, DeAndre Savage. He's 5-0-5 knockouts, undefeated heavyweight from Flint, Michigan. Um, you know, I kind of did to him what Rick Freeway did to me, you know. Got him started, you know, funded a few things he needed. And now, you know, I had the more experience in boxing and the management from managing myself, so I was able to kind of give him, show him the ropes and do him like that instead of just letting him do him. Uh, I just signed x you know. Uh, shout out x to Mac Lord. He from 40s. The hottest thing in LA. And uh, with him, same thing. You know, he's more in the music than me. So I kind of just, you know, let him do him. And whatever he needs, whatever resources I got, we're going to bring it together, make it happen. Uh, 
Okay, now you want to talk about Crip Mac? Well, before we talk about Crip Mac, um, real quick in terms of uh, uh, what was I going to ask you about Compton TG? Because uh, I first uh, learned about Compton TG. Dude was spitting fire bars on Instagram every week. TJ, TG Tuesdays. And uh, yeah, TG Tuesdays. He was, he was spitting. In fact, I have an interview with him that I never posted that I must have I shot that interview. Whew. Four or five years ago. Okay. I might actually post that now. But um, I noticed he spit some fire bars, but I never really heard any songs mm -hmm. come out of TG. Did he ever put out any mute, like a, an album or mixtape with complete songs? Yeah, he got a crazy catalog. Like I so said, he independent, underground. So he he was just, we was just putting something together for him to do something real, real big. You know, had a few project deals and stuff like that. Don't got him some money. And, uh, you know, he caught a case. So. If, if you're not really into the, the, the underground, L.A., hip-hop, stuff like that, you probably didn't hear none of his songs. Like I said, he didn't go to radio yet, you know, but he definitely, you know what I'm saying, uh, captured the ears of the Southern California and the West Coast, for yeah. sure. Now, you mentioned uh, Expo from 40s. Uh, yeah. I just dropped an interview with S-Bone, and I had asked him who are the hottest rappers from the 40s, and I don't think he mentioned Expo. Nah? Nah, I have, I have to double-check that. He did mention... Uh, you know, Baby Runner. Okay. Uh, he mentioned about four or five guys, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fact they check that. They got a few over there. They got a few over there. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll talk about that. In a, we'll talk about S-Bone in a minute. But, um, yeah, let's let's move into the your management now role. Oh, real quick, before we uh, leave the transition out of the boxing, uh, how many fights did you end up having, and are you done actually taking on professional fights and you're going to move more into managing boxers i got 22 professional fights 20 wins 20 about 20 wins by knockout one loss and one draw and no i ain't done i'll be in dubai next week training <laughs> i took uh you know damn near the whole summer just out here chilling you know enjoying my life you know with my daughter enjoying life and uh yeah i'm back i'm, I'm back in camp next week and and you're also managing boxers. Yeah. Okay. So DeAndre Savage is crazy because everybody I was managing at one point they was all incarcerated. He just got out. You know he'll be fighting next month in October with me in Dubai. Uh, look out for him. He was incarcerated. I did a video. I said, man, everybody I signed to is locked up. TG, Crib Mac, <laughs> and Savage. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we waiting on TG. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. The boxing, man. I'm, I'm still a professional boxer. You know. Uh, Eight-time WBA, 12-time IBF, you know what I'm saying, uh, USBA. So, you know, I done, you know, touched the whole world scene in boxing, too. Well, most people don't even know those uh, initials to the governing bodies. What yeah. is it, the WBA, the WBC, the IBF, and then sometime WBO. The, WBA, the WBO became a legitimate. Yeah, uh, yeah sanctioning body. Yeah, so it's technically there's four major ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you're doing now what, what at least Freeway Rick was doing when when we when I chopped it up with him a couple of years ago at that Earl's Grill. He said he even asked me. He was like, "Yeah, I'm looking for boxers. I want to manage boxers. If you know of any boxers, just let me know." So that's what you're doing now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I wonder how he feel about it now. That you, <laughs> you're doing exactly what what he he been doing. Well, he's one of the goats, so he should feel you know he should feel uh, happy that so someone's trying to be like him. You were inspired to a certain degree. Yeah, I'm inspired by him. I'm inspired by anybody that come from South Central LA and make some legit money, make a lot of money, you know, make headlines without you know getting shot and going to jail and you know dying. So you know uh, he's out of jail, he's alive, and he made a lot of money and he's doing it le le legitimate. And that was always my goal to be legit, you know. I could, you know, I can 
made millions of dollars without being legit and lost millions of dollars because I wasn't legit. And my goal was to just become legit, you know. So and he and but going back to freeway, he helped me to, you know, use that mentality in a legit field, you know. Uh, I went with him one day to uh, we, we had a conversation. He he went to Vlad. I went with him. He did a Vlad interview. Oh God! And uh, <laughs> I never did a Vlad interview, but it was just met him, and then we were just talking one time. We was waiting. He was like, "Yeah, same same thing, man. If you're a hustler, you're a hustler, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. We never even had no conversation about no illegal activity. I never asked him about the past and told him about my past. It was just strictly boxing, and because I don't know if you know, well, a lot of people don't know me. A lot of people do know me. I'm like an all or nothing type person. If I'm cold turkey, I don't want to hear nothing about nothing illegal. If I'm on some bullshit, I'm on some bullshit. But, you know, when I'm, I take that stuff serious. This is why I'm made it to 39 years old and I ain't got no felonies. I got a legit firearm, you know what I'm saying? And I can, you know, do regular stuff because if I go, if I'm all in on something, I'm all in. Okay. So when are we going to hear from DeAndre Savage? What's, what's the current status on him? He's fighting in October in Dubai. Are you going to be there? Do you do you have I'll to be, be there? You'll be there too. I'll be there. Okay. All right. We'll tap in back and find out. Uh, is it, will this? How many fights does he have right he now? He has five. This will be a six pro fight. He's five and zero, oh, and this will be a six. Well, one. if you look him up, it says he's four and zero oh, four knockouts. His fifth fight, it was a knockout. They ruled it a no contest because they're saying the guy, my guy, knocked him out. He was out cold. Well, okay, it's a knockout. What's going on? They say when he knocked him out, the guy twisted his knee. I ain't got time to be going back. To, we was like two hours deep in Mexico, challenging the commission. Hey, bro, this needs to be challenged. This needs to be switched to a TKO. They rooted no contest because the guy said he hurt his knee on the way down. The fight is over with. You know, dude's laid out on the mat from a punch to the chin, whatever. So, yeah, uh, he's got five professional fights, but it's four and oh, four knockouts. Okay. Um, so then, you, in addition to managing uh, DeAndre Savage, uh, you got these rappers. And of course, everybody wants to hear about uh, pr probably the most famous Crip in the world. I don't even think that's an exaggeration. I gave him that name. <laughs> Is that right? I say he's the most famous Crip in the world. Um, I don't know um, how he became the most famous Crip in the world. I said this in another interview. I forget. Who, who was I chopping it up with? Oh, I was chopping it up with ODM Slim. And I just said, I still don't understand the sensation behind Crip Mac. And listen. We ain't even seeing eye to eye right now, but I still give him his credit. He make this videos about me, and I'll never diss him. I give him his credit. He's the most famous crip in the world. Okay, so how did you eventually end up um, being either on his team or him on your team to where you're managing this dude? Okay, so um, he did a deal with CME. CME is Cutthroat Music Entertainment or Cutthroat Music Empire, you know, or CME Global. He did a deal with them. You know, I didn't know Crip Mac, you know, and I heard he was supposed to be fighting Blueface. So that's when I inserted myself. He's from neighborhood, I'm from neighborhood. So yeah, I, yeah, get him on the phone. I'm gonna train him for this fight. You know, he never boxed before, he's a heavyweight. I took myself from never boxing before to the top of the boxing world, I could take him the same thing. These other trainers can't do it. They ain't fought heavyweight, they ain't trained no heavyweight. They be just popping it, they don't be successful boxers. I'm the one for him, man. We from the same neighborhood. I'm gonna show him from the ground up. Where he at? Get him here. So, you know, we tracked him down and uh, you know, we linked up. So CME had assigned him for whatever they signed him for. I'm not on that contract. But it was like, listen, man, you know, you out there with him there in New York. Hey man, you can be the manager. You know, take him around, do what you do, train him, what to do. And that was our relationship. We developed developed our own relationship. And then he went to jail. Now, since he's been out of jail, you know, he's been saying certain things about his contract with CME and, 
you know, he look at me like I am seeing me, so it's F me too, <laughs> you know. But he still got to honor that contract, you know what I'm saying? He signed a five-year deal, and it's just like if, you know, I sign with you. You're going to expect me to do my part. You do your part, do your part. So he don't talk to me because he feel like I'm in cahoots with them. And, you know, when in reality, you know, he was already with them before he met me. Uh, you are rocking the CME gold medallion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm loyal to the soil, man. You know, they gave me my first 100000 You know what I'm saying? Before I made that 250000 in Germany, you know, they gave me the money. I gave them that money back with some. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm forever indebted with them. So what kind of agreement did Cripmax sign with CME? We signed like an entertainment deal for music, you know, combat sports, uh, all entertainment stuff, social media. You know, the, the top of 360 deals they do. It covers everything. Well, basically, we're going to blow you up. But since you got so much attention, then we're going to need a little bit of everything around it. So I'm sure some people told him, hey, man, that was probably not a good contract you signed because you don't you're already blowing up by yourself right <laughs> and and these people already i'm sure what is it 15 percent, 20 percent, or 30 percent, maybe i don't know whatever it was uh he got a lot of money out of it and he got upfront money and he got all the money that was made and some so he got a sweet deal and he was dealing with people who got enough money to fund whatever he needed so let's just say you know you make fifty thousand, right? Okay, and the company gets twenty thousand. You get thirty. He get the whole fifty, and you get another fifty. So they get nothing. That's the type of relationship. That's the type of good people these were. He said, "Not only I want my thirty, I'm gonna spend your twenty, and I need another fifty. Take it." And he said, "Man, fuck, man, fuck that contract." So that's what's going on. It's not like out of the fifty, they kept forty. Gave him 10, and he's saying, F y'all, I need the other 40. He took the whole 50, took another 50, and said, fuck them. Okay, well, but they're the bad guys. Well, since he signed this agreement, um, does that mean anything? Let's say let's say Crip Mac makes 100000 on a boxing fight next week. Part of that money goes to CME, or should go to CME. It should. Uh, so is CME going to aggressively pursue uh, any uh, financial? Uh... Yes, they're going about the legit way though. Like I say, they sat back, you know, been letting him get his money, and he just been disregarding, you know, what I'm saying his end of the contract. So now the legal part comes in. You know, you start serving papers, start sending out paperwork, you know, cease and desist, serving stuff, you know, notice a breach, you know, there's in default stuff like that. You know, got to go through the process. So. We'll see how I go. Now, do you know wh what was the the incident or what was the situation where he? Well, let's let me let me back up a little bit. He signs this agreement and then he goes to prison. How many months was he signed to CME before he ended up going to prison? Uh, I think two or three months. So it was a pretty fresh agreement. Yeah. So that means you guys are waiting for him to get out of prison, and part of the five years that he signed for is at least as part of this prison time where he's doing nothing. Yeah. Okay, so he gets out. Um, you're expecting for him to come back to, back to CME when he gets out. Yeah. Does he come back to CME or did no. he already turn his back before he got out? He turned his back before he got out. Okay, so he never came back to CME. No. Okay. Uh, I had to actually tell him that I'm not on your contract. We can still do business to see if we can, you know, get our relationship better because he's in jail talking bad about me. Mr. Lovejoy is a scammer and da da da, but I'm not taking none of that stuff serious. I know I'm not. I'm like, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? You know what I'm saying? Is he crying out for help? Why is he talking so bad about it? when I'm actually the one in jail sending him money, sending his mother money? I got receipts for everything. 
You know, so I actually gave him money out of my own pocket, you know, thousands out of my own pocket. That's not nothing to do with all his advances he took and all. It had nothing to do with that. It's my own money. You know what I'm saying? And he still tell her when I'm the bad guy. Now, did that bad guy's narrative start because you took over his YouTube channel? I never took over his YouTube channel. He signed all that stuff over CME. Now, I had access to that channel at some point. I don't have access to it no more. But while he was in jail, I had access to it. I would use it every now and then to put me on there, talk some shit, to call. When C-Mac called me on live from the jail, I'll keep his name relevant, put him on live and say, Crip Mac going live. I got about two videos on that on that channel. I wasn't just using for me. You know what I'm saying? It don't go to me. It's not even in my name. I ain't got access to it no more. So what do you think uh, started his... his uh dissatisfaction with CME and you while he was in prison. People in his ear. He got the wrong people in his ear. Well, you know, Lupe, um, she sat right here at the table with Spider Loke and Spider had asked him, asked her about management and because uh, Spider had expressed an interest like I could take, I could work with C-Mac. Right. But Lupe was like, no, nah, he's already signed with CME. And at that time, I don't know what month this was. Is this when was. he was in jail? This is when he was in jail. Okay. So Lupe had already said, no, he signed with CME. And uh, I think she even said during that episode, it's a five-year deal. Yeah. So it had seemed at that point when Lupe was on Facts Over Feelings with Spider Loke that everything was good. Well, Lupe, she's just doing what she got to do for her. Uh, she might have said one or two things about me. I ignore that type of stuff because I know her and I had no problems with her. I don't really get into looking for someone to say something bad to me to go all bad on them. But I heard she said a few things about me, but I don't be tripping on her. I know she's cool with C-Mac and I'm really be cool, being cool with everyone who's with C-Mac. Uh, now, when I say people in his ear, like I said, I just think that Lupe is playing his, her position. But Craig Mac has actually told me that China Mac don't want him doing business with me. You know, he's told me this multiple times recently. You know, I've brought business to the table. So I just stepped back. I said, I'm going to step back then, bro. Yeah. So you, so now you're seeing how China Mac has been spending a lot of time with C-Mac. And, yeah. and it seems like um, they have a positive working relationship. Yep. And CME's watching this. Yep. And is C-Mac aware of this agreement that Crip Mac has already previously signed? Because technically yeah. anything, Everything. correct me if I'm wrong. But anything that C-Mac does with China Mac is a portion of that is owed to CME. <laughs> Absolutely. And does China Mac know that? I'm sure he does. Okay. But he's it's like this, you know, and I've talked to lawyers about it. Uh, when it comes down to it, the money's going to be already spent. But we could just do our part now and see what's going on. And I, like I say, I'm in support with him. You know, I'll file what they need me to file and do what I got to do. But it ain't really nothing personal. Like I talked to Adam. I actually, instead of us paying... The service speed to the, the, the city server, I said, give me $100. I'm about to see Adam tomorrow. I'll serve him. You know what I'm saying? So I served him a cease and desist letter when he didn't respond through email and regular party mail. I saw that video, but I thought that was just a prank. I thought that was a joke. No, no, no. Was... I, I said, listen, I'm about to serve him while we're here. I need you to record it. It, it was going to be on camera or off camera. No matter. I might as well get some views from it. You know, let people know it's serious. So why why was uh, Adam served because he doesn't have any agreement with C Mac? Oh no, he does. He's on one of the shows now. Yeah, they okay. got a show. Okay. Everyone, China Mac got it too. They all get it. I just ain't seen him yet. You know what I'm saying? I ain't been trying to look for him. I ain't been tripping. You know what I'm saying? But they they probably looking for him. They probably gonna serve him his paperwork soon. I don't know. I I know I know that I said I I do to Adam because I was going on his show anyway. But but if Adam has C Mac on at on a show. 
Adam is not violating anything. It's it's CMAC is now supposed to forward some of the proceeds to his management team. So Adam is I don't I, I, from what I understand, Adam would not be doing anything wrong, right? He's doing wrong. Uh, just like when I went to London and I got a contract with Don King, Don King sent the cease and desist letter to Matchroom Boxing while I was in London. He said Chris is under contract. He cannot do this fight without my permission. Same thing with Crip Mac. Okay. He's under exclusive contract with CME. He cannot do anything entertainment-wise with you on this show without my permission. That was the whole purpose of that. Okay, so so that's explicitly stated in the agreement that any deals that you do have to be signed off by CME. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so this is uh, what's the show that uh, C Mac has on on uh, No Jumper. Uh, I forgot. I don't know. Like I say, it ain't even nothing personal because I don't really don't even know. I'm just serving the papers. You know, whatever they do in court, they do in court. I I know Adam personally. I got his number. I text him. You know what I'm saying? We talk. You know, it ain't really got nothing to do with me. I'm just, it's just like if, you know, if there was a pay a server and the server happened to be his neighbor or someone to a school, it ain't nothing personal with him. That's the business coming to CME. My name is not on CME. But that's just, it's just, it's just the nature of the business. So uh, they're going to deal with how to deal with it. So how did you get linked up with CME? Because what you're saying is CME and Cripmac had an agreement before you was even part of the picture. So how did you come in there? I got a loan from them in 2021 when I had a big fight. I showed them the contract. I got 250000 cash coming U.S. I need advance of 100 and I'll give you back 120 And they gave me the money. And like I say, I'm doing my boxing thing. I don't even know what they got going on with Cripmac. I don't even know Cripmac at this time. I know of him, but I never met him. And when I found out it was that, I said, oh, yeah, 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 I'll do it. That's perfect for me. That give me something to do. So, shit, that's how it happened. And listen, me and Crib Mac got a good relationship. You know, when he with me, you know, I got a legit firearm. You know, he's security. You know what I'm saying? I'm the driver. We do it all. You know what I'm saying? It's a good look. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people. You know, and we like to work out together. We do a whole bunch of shit. But like I said, he got so many people in his ear. They jealous of our relationship. You know what I'm saying? We do numbers. You know? Uh, numbers, numbers. You know, we together, so they don't like that. So they're like, man, we could do that, man. We, was, we had Crip Mac before him, man. Fuck this, honey, man. He, he taking over everything. He's a tiny low takeover. Nigga, we take over everything. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> tiny low, you, is that a reference to the six O's? It's just a generation. Tiny yeah. Lokes. Okay. Now, before you came in and CME came in, wasn't ODM Slim managing yep. Crip Mac? Yeah. He the one that gave me all the information, all the logins, the YouTube, the Twitter, you know, the Instagram transferred everything, you know. And you guys still have that? CME do, yeah. CME does, okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's no there's no way that that goes back to him. But he could just create a new account, right? Yeah, he created an account. He created yeah. new Instagrams. I think he got a new YouTube page. Just doing good, you know. He's doing cool. But the tough that, I mean, even that stuff. He signed over the rights to that, too. So, in so the agreement. Technically, they got to pick. They got to. They owe that too. Yeah, because I'm sure in the agreement is stipulated that you just can't go create another account and profit off of it. It's in very detail about everything, all that stuff. So, you know, we just curious to see how it's gonna play out. Like I said, I'm not really tripping personally because I got my own thing going, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just here to watch the show, man. So, what's the chances of Crip Mac, CME, and you guys? being a team again because uh, at some point if you sign the agreement you got to realize damn i got to honor this well unless it's a bad agreement which you know you know some some of these 360 deals are, are pretty bad agreements <laughs> let's keep it real right i mean it, it, it could be a bad agreement to people who don't know the business 
I think it's a good agreement just based on the, the resources he has, you know, like when, 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 when you can make a certain amount of money and get your money, you can get the money you didn't make and get advanced for what unlimited amounts of money you want. That's no better. It's no better deal than that. No one gets that unless you like sign to billion dollar people who don't even care about this project. You assign your daughter to that type of deal, you know, just do it right. But you know, he got the wrong people in his ear. They saying, "Oh man, they're making millions off of you." Like, bro, we ain't made not not one dollar off him. We're in the hole. Fucking with C Mac. We gave him all the money he made in too many advances, and he said, "Fuck the company." Yeah, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people are telling him, "You you can be successful without the additional support because you're so viral right now. All you do is show up, and people want to tap in." Yeah. So what do you need these people for? Well, I mean, you know. I play both sides. I can play both sides because I don't. I've signed a bad deal before, so I was always in his best interest, you know. And theoretically, yes, but you got to say no too because if it was that good, you wouldn't be needing the money. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't need the money like that. You know, if you was that good, you would have a lot of money. You know, some people just need that 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 backing. Some people need management. Some people need that top. And I'm not saying he's a dummy, but I mean the facts are the facts. You know, so he ran he ran through a lot of money. And, you know, whoever he's with now, you know, I don't know him to have a lot of big, large sums of money. You know, he was with me. He rocked around with $10,000 cash. You know, I ain't seen him with that kind of money. I seen him on on the Internet talking about sending him $5. You know, his verses, prices go to $100. I don't even rap. I wouldn't do no verse for $100. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like I said, he was us. You know, he had everything he needed and some. So, like I said, I don't know what they got going on. So did you guys also serve other people in his circle or just Adam? It was originally supposed to be China Mac, Adam, and ODM. Uh, Why ODM? Because it seemed like he already was not under ODM anymore. I think they I think they was doing some top business. This is what I heard. You know, this is what I heard and said to me. They were sending cease and desist letters out to those three individuals. And whoever else, I don't know. Those are the ones they named, those names I remember. And when I got time to serve Adam. I want to do that myself. I know him. <laughs> this is a joke. This is like saying if I know you, oh, I'm about to go see Alex right now. It's gonna be fun. There's some content. Hey man, these people got once you had this paperwork. I ain't gotta do with it though. But yeah, that's one. I saw that video and really thought it was just a uh, a skit. I mean, it looked like a skit because I told the guy, I said, "Hey, record this right quick, man." Adam right here. Oh yeah, I got to serve him this paperwork. I need this on film because he's not gonna want it on film when see what's going on. You know, so he probably looked like, man, you posted this shit. So you know. But I ain't tripping. It is what it is, you know. So you were up at No Jumper. Yeah. On some other stuff. Mm -hmm. Not there to serve Adam. Yeah. And uh, Shout out my boy G-Face, you know, from White Fence. Uh, he did an exclusive interview. He brought me on there. And he brought my boy G on there. Uh, from, from Well, he called it Bompton, but the city of Compton. And, uh, yeah, sh shout out them dudes, you know what I'm saying, my brothers. And, uh, you know, we all did an interview with Brick Baby and Adam uh, the day before, you know, uh, S-Bone lost his life. Okay. So uh, I guess Adam is not taking it personal that you served him the cease and desist. He can't take it personal. It's either the, a guy going to pop, pop up out of a unmarked car and run up on us. Are you Adam? Da, 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 Anderson, or you want me to me, me do it? I'm going to hit you anyway. It's the same thing. Yeah. He's going to get served. So you guys were up there doing an interview with G-Face the day before S-Bone did his interview. So were no. you up? S-Bone did his interview a day or two before. I think S-Bone did his on a Monday. Yeah, we were there Wednesday. Okay. And did he die Thursday? Uh, he died on the 16th. I think the, uh, the Wednesday was the 16th, if I remember correctly. 
Okay, well, yeah, he died the day we was there because we found out the next morning he was dead. Yeah, because yeah. I did an interview with the hood postman right after No Jumper. Yeah, the 16th was Wednesday, and his body was found at around 7.30 p.m. that Wednesday. Okay, so I was at No Jumper early morning into about like 2. Then I had the hood postman interview at about 3.30, 4 o'clock because I don't know how long we was going to be there. And I guess he was already had passed. But I didn't find out he passed to the next morning. Yeah, it was reported Thursday morning okay. that his body was found at 7.30 p.m. Wednesday night. So that's when we found out the next day, which was, we was like, damn, we just did an interview. So you guys were up there on Wednesday. He was up there on Monday. Were you guys uh, concerned about crossing each other's paths? No. At the same uh, time? I actually thought he was going to be there because... When you do these podcasts, these interviews, you know, the people who throw in it don't want you to tell them when you're there, no lies, blah, blah, blah. So right before we got there, S-Bone posted like he's at No Jumper. Now, I don't know if he's there. I don't know if it's old or not. I said, oh, damn, he up there too? I wonder how this going. I wonder how this going to go. We cross the other paths, you know? So, okay, we go up there, but I found out that he was already there a few days before. So he was up there uh, two days before, but he had just posted the picture. That morning, I was going. Okay. Yeah. So you really thought he was going to be up there, and you was ready for it. What well, is the thing, man? And, uh, you know, let me, let me just clear the air right now. Because both of you guys got the blammer on you. Yeah. Well, there's no weapons inside uh, the building. You know, you get metal detector, oh, okay. no weapons. That's specific. Okay. No. <laughs> this is the thing, man. Um, how this whole thing started, well, that's not how it started. While it was going, you know, it was a few things surrounding his name. I never go look at all my old videos. I never called him a rat. See, in other words, though. No, I never called him a no, rat. No, but I, yeah, but I'm saying in other words. Because you know everything I'm doing is strategic, and I'm gonna play by the rules. I never called him a rat, but it was stuff on his name, and the reason why the topic came up because he took a picture with a well-known rat and a sex offender, and he said, "I'm going to inherit all these beefs. So I know what I'm getting myself into." Okay, so you want to go in there. I told everybody, anybody messing with Cowboy, including my homies included, I'm on you. Y'all know the rules. You can't mess with no rats, no sex offenders. So if y'all harboring a rat, I'm on you. It's FU2, right? So he went in there and said, yeah, I'm with Cowboy, and I know what I'm getting myself into. So I said, all right, that's bone. <laughs> We're going to talk about you too. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, so I'm like, hey, man, you know, you probably seen the video. I said, hey, man, what's up, what's up with us, bone, taking a picture, you know, with, with this well-known rat? They like, man, that's interesting, man. Uh, mm -hmm. Check out this part. Check out this this, this paperwork. You know, oh, you talking about the video you did with Ice from Forties? Yeah, they like, you know, it's interesting. He didn't even call him a rat. He was like, just open, oh, just look at that. You tell me. <laughs> so I said, all right. So Espon saw that video and started talking shit to me and Ice and everybody else. Right? I still never called him a rat. I said, listen. So since he showed a gun and everything, I said, listen, you doing all that? You good in the Forties, right? Look at my video. I said, you get in the 40s? I'm coming by myself. Meet me in the 40s. Let's go over this paperwork. If it's nothing in there, I'll give you a fair one. You can do whatever. I'm coming by myself. If it's something in there, you know what's up. But let's just get, get to it so we ain't got to go back and forth on the internet. Let's just meet up and come by myself. I'm going to go live. He didn't show up. So I'm like, all right. And I check my videos. I'm not no bully. I said, listen, this ain't going nowhere. S-Bone, keep my name out your mouth. I go my way, you go my way. He didn't respond. I never to this day opened up the paperwork. It was over with. You, you, you never opened up that envelope that ICE gave you? Never looked at it. 
Why Never not? read it. Why not? I wanted to do it in his presence. I don't want to be, you know, and actually, you know what? I'm going to burn that shit up, too, if I still got it. I'm going to burn that shit up because there was no need for it. Uh, I don't want to do no clown shit like that because if ain't nobody seen it, I want to open up together. You know, I really want to do that man to man. Like, bro, you really want to defend your name? I want to defend it, too. If it's nothing there, let's do it together, bro. And that's what that was. So it was really no, it was no bad blood between me and him. You know what I'm saying? It was really just some internet shit. And since he was getting out of hand with everybody, I said, listen, let's just meet up and just let's just go through it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Before anything else goes out there. But like I said, he didn't respond. So, you know, out of respect for just everything I'm doing, I left it alone. And then at that same time, the appeal on that case that I'm assuming Ice gave you the paperwork was already on the internet. Man, listen. And people started to pull that up. The reason why all this stuff came up, his name already been circulating. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's already been out there what it was. You know what I'm saying? Now, I got a hold of S-Bone, meaning I got familiar with him a couple years ago on the internet thing. So I asked about him. I'm like, who is this dude? I've never seen him before. They told me who it was. And they told me some stuff around his name. But since I never met him, ain't really in my business. I don't really care. I don't know him anyway. I'm going to stay away from him if that's true. And matter of fact, even if it ain't true, when you got stuff around your name, I just stay away anyway because I really go hard on that type of stuff. But when he got on there with the cowboy thing, anybody with cowboy got to get it. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a known rat and a known sex offender. On Megan's Law, he took the stand. He broke all the rules. So he gets no pass with me. Now, uh, before you, you started uh, going in on Cowboy, uh, with S-Bone, I, I did his first interview uh, that had to be about four years ago, uh, let's say 2019. And um, it went well. We was, on, we was on the dark side, and everyone could see that he had the strap in his uh, front pocket. He had a, a, a windbreaker on, and you could see the gun hanging. And, and um, I started getting calls from dudes in the 40s. Mm. And they started telling me, I guess, everything that was in that envelope that ICE gave mm, me. Mm -hmm. But the way I, I look at it is if, um, if the person that he told on is not the one providing the information, then I really don't want to hear about it. So, for example, in this, in this example, it would be a guy named Benny Nero, N-E-R-O. Because we don't know if Benny Nero wants this out there. Because Benny Nero's is serving time in the penitentiary. Benny Nero got to go to parole board. Benny Nero, who knows, wants to come home. And the last thing that Benny Nero or Tiny P-Head wants, perhaps, is snitch allegations floating around a, a co-defendant for why he's in prison. So I usually leave that stuff alone because you don't know what the co-defendant's wants and desires are. Right. Because he's the one that's doing the time. Right. So I left the S-Bone stuff alone. And then I did a second interview with him, and I never posted it up until just recently. Okay. You know, with that, with, with that dude, uh, you know, I, I don't know him. You know what I'm saying? I never met him. I heard him down 17, 18 years, whatever, right? This was 2006 when this happened. So how many years ago was that? I mean, I was in Oklahoma playing football. I don't know what that dude was into. I never met him. But like I said, I did my background check on him. You know, he might, I don't know if he converted to Islam or he like a rehabilitated type person, whatever he is. You know, I don't know that dude. So these dudes, in that people trying to switch stuff up and say, oh, yeah. Uh, that dude sent me the paperwork. That dude ain't sent me nothing. You know, I don't know that dude. You know what I'm saying? So whatever he got going on in his life, you know, and I said a video to him. I said, it's no disrespect to you, but I don't know you. So, you know, 
whatever these people put in your name with me, I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're from my neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? I, I would like to meet you, but I don't. And at this point, I don't even care about meeting nobody who used to gangbang 20, 30 years ago. You know, that's an old part of my life now. So, yeah, that's 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 that situation. Yeah, so um, I'm sure that uh, Mr. Nero is getting some visits to his cell in the penitentiary that he's in right now because of what happened to S-Bone. Just, that's just what they do. That's, that's probably protocol and procedure. We're going to go in there and question this dude and, and, and see what his reaction is going to be. And he's probably like, man, I got nothing to do with none of that stuff, you know? I mean, for him, he, he, should, he should be cool because shit, if that shit was 18 years ago, shit, ain't nobody come talking to him about no shit from 18 years ago. If he wanted something to happen to somebody, shit, motherfuckers get on that type of shit quick. You know, I don't know. Hey, it's a trip that how some of these informants, uh, whatever word you want to use, they get exposed so many years after the fact. So in this, in this situation, it's 2006. And then S-Bone does an interview with me in 2019, and it's not until 2023 where everything comes out. Well, see, what it is is that, you know, like you say, you heard about it, and I'm sure a lot of other people heard about it, but he got into it with the wrong person, you know what I'm saying? He got in, got with Cowboy and said he wants to inherit all Cowboy's beefs. So this is why these conversations started happening. Yeah, but it would have came out. Let, let's say he never well, did the Cowboy well, it's interview. All, it's, it's already out on the streets. Yeah. Now, the internet and the public probably didn't know. But like I told you, you heard about it. I heard about it. A lot of people heard about it. You know what I'm saying? But me personally, I'm not going to even interact with it until I see the paperwork. Now, when he said, you know, he wanted to hear all his beefs, oh, you with a rat? What's up with you? Because on street shit, you pushing, you know, them big 40 crib, whoop, 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 right? But you with a known rat and a sex offender, something ain't right about this dude. Something ain't right. And I told everybody who do something with him, you know, we on your bumper. So this is when we start digging. And, you know, he, I, and I said, I'm fair. I said, listen, man, like I just said, let's just go over together, man. You know what I'm saying? Just meet up with me. You know what I'm saying? And let's do it like that. But like I say, he didn't respond when I said keep my name out your mouth because it was getting too much. And I left it alone. Now, was this uh, in June or July? Because it's very recent. That, that all this came out. It's recent, bro. I, like, I, I might have been July. I don't think it was that long ago. Like it was just what's what's this? August? What's today? The twenty second. Might have been August. I don't know. Shit. No, I Time think, flies, though. Shit. I would say July because I don't think it was June. Yeah, it might have been late late July. So yeah. all right. So so we we get the bad news about S Bone. Uh, something 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 happening to him in Sacramento that still remains a little unclear. Yeah. But I'm sure what was that like? You must <laughs> you must have been getting so many uh online messages, internet comments uh because I'm sure people are saying ever since you exposed him and here it is what a couple weeks later, maybe 3 weeks later, boom, he's dead in Sacramento. Okay, for one thing, I never exposed him. I never called him a rat. I never showed his paperwork. I never even opened up the envelope with paperwork. Okay, let's okay, you you're right about that, but you also got to at least um, there was a certain level of exposure that you put out there regarding S-Boom that was implied. The only thing you can do is call someone a rat or show the paperwork but it, something like that. But I it never was, called him a rat. I never showed the paperwork. It, but, it, but it was definitely implied that he told on somebody back in the day, right? Well, I don't know. This is the thing. 
that paperwork could be anything. You know, that paperwork could be, you know, anything. It ain't got ain't got to do with that. But let's just go because he took it to the next level. Mind you, all I said was, all my man said was, check it out, it's interesting. And I said, okay, we're going to dissect it. He went on there. I'm a buster. I'm not even like that. I'm a little homie and call him the other guy a sex homosexual and, you know, and all type of stuff. He and showing a gun on there, cocking a, a big ass AR-15, you know what I'm saying? He did all this shit on live for me, for just saying that his name might have been in something. It was a possibility that he never told because I'm hearing he telling people he never told. I'm hearing he I'm hearing he read out some paperwork. So listen, let's just clear this shit up since there's so much tension around this shit. I gave him the opportunity to clear this shit up, bro. I'm coming to you. I'm not telling me me in a dark alley in my hood. No, I'm coming to your hood so you feel comfortable with your homies. And, you know, it's tension between my area and that area. Yeah. So I'm risking my life to him to clear his name. So, to, But to clear up snitch allegations... I never caught the man a snitch. But what, what's there to clear up? I'm just saying it's implied. No, as far as the streets go, other people got his name circulating and shit. Yeah. So when he attached himself to a rat, I want to see what's up with him. By you attaching yourself to Cowboy like this and saying it's cool. Now, if I never met Cowboy and you told me Cowboy was a rat and you showed me the paperwork and so he's on Megan's Law, I'm, I'm going to stay away from this dude. I'm not going to go take no picture and be proud of a. I got a daughter. You know, I'm not going to be proud to take a picture with somebody who has a lewd act on a 14-year-old, you know, who's a high risk on Megan's Law. You know, fuck the street shit, fuck the street code with the telling. I'm not fucking with no sex offender who's a high risk on Megan's Law. I'm just not doing it well, as a man. I, I looked up Cowboy's sex offense, and it was not, uh, from what I saw, it was not a 14-year-old. It, oh, it was just You a, must have looked up 1992. You got to look up 1998. Correct. Lewd act on a four, uh, someone under the age of 14. I didn't see that on the uh, Megan's Law. Yeah, you, you, you got to look it up. You got to go to uh, People Finder and, and look up all that stuff. All that stuff comes up. Or do a PSI background. Well, when you go to Megan's Law, it should list everything. They do have the 1992, which is not a 14-year-old. It's just a, a, a sexual assault on a woman during a robbery. No. You want to pull up right now? Because we need to clear this up right now, too. Because he's telling people it's from a robbery and a scratch of the breast. No. I did a whole video on it and dissected the actual code, the penalty that he's discharged with. Well, you got a video on this. I have an actual video on my page. Okay. Shout, yeah. out, shout out your page so people can, can look that up. At 600. The number six, H-U-N-N-E-T. Okay. 600. Because I'm not here to uh, dissect. <laughs> yeah, go to 600, expose this cowboy. You know, he's foul. Now, but, but, but why doesn't that appear on the Megan's Law database? Well, what I'm, what I'm showing you is on Megan's Law. Okay. I got that from Megan's Law. All right. Well, right. anyone that's interested in this, they could just go to Megan's Law. California has a website called Megan's Law, and then you could type in his name, Herman Douglas. When I did it, it shows the 1992 case, but what 600 is saying, there's another case on there. So I'm not an expert on Megan's Law, but you guys could uh, check that out. Uh, if if you are interested, we're gonna just go to it right now so everybody can see it. You know, and look at my video so people won't be thinking, uh, you know, somebody lying on somebody's name because this is documents. This is all public record. You know, I ain't got to lie on nobody's name. But this whole thing about Cowboy just came up because he he testified in the Eric Holder case. Okay, so let's get to that. Okay, so and I was there, by the way. Uh, I was there for every single day of trial. I was there for opening statements. I was there for the sentencing, and I saw the whole thing. And go ahead. What were you gonna say? Okay. So, 
uh, before we get to that, type in 600 drops work on Cal Gore, Cowgirl. You know, I said he lied. He's a predator because he lied and said it was it went in a robbery. Okay. So when you go on Megan's Law, it's going to tell you. Uh, Type it in and watch the video, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so the, the code is 243.4 parentheses A. Okay, so let's Google this. This is what his conviction was in 1992. 243.4 parentheses A. Yeah, 243.4 A. I don't think that's lewd and lascivious acts with a 14-year-old. That's not the 14-year-old, okay. but, it's, but it's not definitely not a robbery. Well, this is what we'll do. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to your YouTube channel, and they can just go find it and and um, and look it up. Yeah, two two four three point four sexual battery. Yeah, sexual battery. That's from the nineteen ninety two case. Okay. So when you click on it, and they tell you, and Cowboy spoke about that. He's explained that that during a robbery, he he touched the woman's breast in the in the process of snatching her chain off the neck and her hands touched her breast that's that's what he got a sexual but and and there are there are weird ways to get sexual occasion you know if you if you urinate in public okay. if that if, might be a that if, might be b c or d yeah but, if, but you, if you take a piss on a tree in public you can get let's read it out you can be put in megan's law on some weird stuff well that's, he wasn't put on megan's law for weird stuff so california penal, penal code 243.4 parentheses a sexual battery okay it's only one paragraph. Let's read it. California law prohibiting sexual battery applies whenever anyone touches an intimate part of another person's body while one of the persons involved is restrained. Okay. The touching has to be against the will of the person touched and has to occur for sexual arousal, sexual gratification, or sexual abuse. Okay. So this doesn't say this could have possibly happened in an assault. In a robbery, this is for sexual arousal, sexual gratification, or sexual abuse. Yeah, uh, well, I've never read the specifics of it. Yeah, it's California Penal Code. But, but there's four main points that you just put there. Sexual arousal, against will, restrained, and touching. So the touching could easily happen. Restrained is very vague. If you're in a, if you're doing a robbery, if, if someone comes up here and robs us and we can't leave, we're restrained. So restrained is vague. Against their will, anything that happens against us during a robbery is against our will. But the fourth point, the last point you brought up, for sexual arousal. For sexual arousal. Hey, you know how these police can be and these DAs can be in these in these charges. You know, they could throw that in there. He's taking a deal and he's signing off on it. I give him the benefit of the doubt for the 1992 case um, the, here's here's how we solve this. Just pull up that case. Pull yeah. up that case, and then it'll 1998. be. No, that's the no. This is the '92 yeah. case. Yeah. Um, you just pull up that case for those who who really want to find out what happened. And it'll be more detailed of what happened during that robbery. And if it was and, and if it was only for a robbery, if you go to Megan's Law and put his name Herman Douglas in there, it's high risk. So you're not going to get a high risk on Megan's Law for a robbery. <laughs> Or something like that. You get a high risk for something you did for sexual gratification. All right. So I wanted to get back to how the whole internet and the public started to look at you now after August 16th. Well, we learned about S-Bone's death on August 17th. 
you must have been getting um, a boatload of responses and comments. Yeah, well, I'm getting, you know, lie snitching and dry snitching type stuff. You know, I had the police, you know, come to my door. You know, I had a uh, police sitting outside my house, my baby mama house. You know, who knows what it's for. It's all type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? The man was, you know, lost his life somewhere far. And, uh, you know, I stopped mentioning his name and never called him a rat. You know, and I guess the police, the investigators, detective, whatever they do, is, is they do their job. They look at social media and see who probably the main suspect is. You know what I'm saying? And they must have looked up and said, well, he was doing the interview at this time and he was over here at this time. And, and you know, I'm sure they got real informants and know who do what and who did what. You know what I'm saying? And, and I heard he was found somewhere in a Tesla. And there's cameras around that motherfucker. So, you know, I haven't heard nothing from law enforcement since then. And um, you know, uh, you know they're gonna do their job, and uh, you know, let that man rest, and uh, you know, declare my name again. You know, which I did a, a personal video to him and anyone he's loved ones. I never called the man a rat. You know what I'm saying? I asked people let the man rest and let the people do their job. You know. So, uh, so, the, so the police came to to your home. Yes. They knocked on the door. Yes. And did you, did they come in, or you spoke to them on the porch? I, I got a screen door over there, so I kept them out there. You know, I kept it real brief. I don't want to cooperate. You know, I don't have nothing going on. You know, I was here, and I don't know why y'all here. Was it uh, police from Sacramento or local police? Uh, I don't want to say who it was, but they know who they are. I really want to talk about it because I think they got an open case going on, you know, and uh, I'm going to just let them do their job, you know. Were you a little nervous about the the visit? I wasn't nervous. I was nervous that motherfuckers had found out where I was at because that spot that spot wasn't even in my name. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm gonna tell you this. I just went live. <laughs> I just went live, probably 30 minutes. But I got cameras. I got ring cameras, so they probably knew where I was at already because I do live a lot from the house. That spot over there. And 20 minutes, uh, there was a door. Hey, law enforcement has access to so many resources mm -hmm. to so many databases they could just call washington dc if they have a tricky situation where they can't figure out where someone lives because everything we do whether we pay a bill we pay a gas bill we pay a, a utility bill we got a cell phone and we could think yeah. that okay we got our cell phone in this address but we got this bill in that address i remember i shot a video of the lapd killing this dude named maurice cox on slauson and crenshaw back in 2008 killed an unarmed man and i shot a video of it and i posted it and immediately the police wanted a copy of the tape hmm. and i was like hmm, i'm not sure i want to give that up right. so i hit up um i hit up my attorney uh at the time i called up carl douglas i said carl douglas should i give them this video or not and he said um well if you don't want them coming to your house taking all your videos because that's what they'll do when they come to your house they're not going to just take one video they're going to come take all the videos so eventually i i was i agreed to give them the video yeah but uh, we were negotiating a meetup place. Okay. And then before I knew it, they popped up at one of my addresses that I thought was off the grid. That's what I'm just telling you, I bro. thought this address was off the grid. Yeah. And my wife tells me, the police are at the front door. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm asleep. So they, I think the, the, way, the way they got me at this address that I thought was off the grid is um, one day I decided to challenge the property taxes that I was paying on this property. I felt it was too high. So I submitted an appeal to the property taxes and then mm -hmm. boom, that put it on the grid. Mm -hmm. That put my name connected to the and then when the cops came to our, when the cops came to my, my house that morning or that house that morning, they said, um, you're a hard guy to find. And I was like, Well, help me understand how did you know I was here? And the, the detective said, I'm a detective. 
that's my job. <laughs> but um, I let them dudes in and um, they wanted to interview me about what I saw when this guy was shot and killed by the LAPD. Um, but you decided to have a conversation with them between the screen and that was that. Yeah. How, how, how many minutes did it last? Shit, one minute. One minute, yeah, okay. That's it. And like I say, uh, I'm not, I, I knew I didn't have to do it. And I'm pretty sure they didn't know, they knew I didn't have to do it that. Yeah, because they but, could prove if you left LA. Yeah, and, right, know. right. So, but maybe they thought that, well, let's just take a chance. You know, maybe he wants to tell us something that we don't know. So that's why I say, I'm not really mad at you. Y'all do your job, but I'm sure y'all got, y'all know where I stay at. Y'all know where I was at the day he died. Y'all know what's going on. Y'all probably checking his phone records, but y'all probably just coming to see. Maybe I know some information they don't know. So that's why. And like I said this day, I don't never say F the police. I don't never say none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? If someone breaks in my house or my car, I got to call the police. You know what I'm saying? I salute the police when I see them. It's not my enemy. Okay, so so some people are going to uh, feel a certain kind of way that you just said you salute the police. I think on a video you also said, I support the police. Yeah. Um, explain that to some of the street cats because some, some street cats will never publicly <laughs> say that. Well, this, this is the thing, man. You know, a lot of people raised, you know what I'm saying, to hate the police. I'm a professional athlete, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm from where I'm from. I did our stuff, but I'm not an active gang banger no more, you know what I'm saying. I'm a law-abiding citizen, you know what I'm saying. I've been cold turkey for seven years. I don't participate in no illegal activities, you know what I'm saying. And another thing, too, that day that me and Brick Baby was on the um, on Crenshaw and Slauson, we went live, his house got ready the next day, and uh, somebody said he might have had a firearm on him. While we was there, uh, I guess one of, a, a, a rat harborer, you know, someone who loves rats, was talking to Cowboy. And Cowboy went up there on live and was asking questions about me and Brick Baby. The first thing this rat lover said was, 600 was up here with the extras, hopped out with his burner. They all had their guns, saying shit like that, right, on live. He's talking to a rat while the rat on live. So the police probably, which they already know who's licensed, who's not, the state of California, it's public record. You can just Google it. Well, they say, well, okay, well, 600 had one, and he has legit firearm. We're going to waste our time with a raid on that. You know, what kind of gun was it? Was it a big gun or small gun? Well, he's licensed to carry, a, you know, a, a, a 40 and a 9 millimeter. So if it's something like that, it probably ain't worth it. Now, I don't know if Big Baby is licensed to carry in California. So they probably ran his name too. And that's probably how he got it. So they start putting narratives talking about, I'm the police, I take pictures with the police. I got Brick Baby in jail. Motherfucker, I take pictures with the police with or without none of this shit. I'm a professional athlete. There's numerous people take pictures with police. It ain't no problem. So so who's accusing you of of uh, being responsible for Brick Baby, Baby being raided? Oh, just the bloggers. Okay. Brick Baby never said that. That's my guy. Okay. You know, I don't even know where he live at, you know? <laughs> You know, just the bloggers. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, um, you're, you're, you don't see no issue with saying, hey, I support LAPD or LA County Sheriffs and all of that. Man, stuff. I support all law enforcement. I've been doing it. I done post 10, 20 pictures since this cowboy dude said I was a police. I start posting all my pictures with police from different states I'll be in. When I see police, I just saw the police, the sheriffs at the Rams Raider game. I said, man, can I get a picture with y'all? Post that. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no contract with no LAPD. You know, I'm not on, I'm not, I'm not no rat. I'm not nobody paperwork. I ain't broke the street code, nigga. But shit, I'm a professional athlete. When I see police, nigga, thank you for your service. It's all on my YouTube and all that. Nigga. I'm comfortable with police. They're not my enemy. I took a picture with um 
Mr. Luna, who is currently the, the sheriff of the L.A. Sheriff's Department, yeah. because um, I went to an event supporting Luna because I, I wanted Alex Villanueva out of there. I just didn't like this guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know much about Mr. Luna, but I wanted I just wanted this guy to lose. I took a picture with Mr. Luna, who became he wasn't the sheriff at the time, but now he's a sheriff. Yeah. But I wonder if I posted that photo of me and Sheriff Luna. What would people what would people say? Well, well, well since, a lot, since you've been through a it. lot of street guys, a lot of street guys, you know, paint the narrative as the, the police are the enemy, you know, and that's fine because it's well, some some of the police are the enemy though. We got to keep it's it real. Good and bad cops and everything. Yeah, you know, it's good and bad people and everything. I ran across a couple, but I ran across more good cops than bad, you know, and you know, I'm not about to sit up and say fuck every person in law enforcement because I had one wrong encounter, you know, and I had a very very bad encounter with a certain department, you know, and I'm not gonna blame every law enforcement around the world for that, you know? And like I said, it could have been worse. I didn't get beat up, I didn't get shot, but I was harassed, you know what I'm saying, illegally for nothing. You know what I'm saying, I was arrested for nothing. You know, I'm in a whole nother county and they took me to jail for a $5,000 ticket that I had in Beverly Hills, LA County. Just took the car, took me to jail, fucking with me <laughs> for nothing. Like 10 police cars put, all kind of shit, like I say, so I'm just like, man, why y'all fucking with it? He said, we ain't fucking with you. We're conducting an investigation. I'm like, man, he's motherfucking serious. Let me leave these motherfuckers alone for you shoot me and say, hey, he got a gun. So I just play cool, man. You know what I'm saying? So that was the one encounter. I have a few encounters here and there, but once they see my energy, they tone that shit down. They ain't tripping. They say, man, he ain't tripping. But if I have bad energy, what, man, what you pulling me over for? I don't do all that shit, man. I'm trying to listen. Check this registration, bro. Check the check the car if you want to. Let me go about my business. I don't want a problem with you. Go go pull somebody else over, man. Let me go about my, I got somewhere to go. You know what I'm saying? So you and Brick Baby cool then? Yeah, that's my boy. It's the homie. Okay. Yeah, I saw that video. Was you guys at uh, Hungry Harold's? Yeah, yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the food like there? I never ordered food from there. The place looks dirty, though. <laughs> it looks dirty. You know what, man? Everybody got their own thing they get from there. I really only get chili cheese fries at lunch. And breakfast, I get like a little breakfast place, sausage, potatoes, uh, wheat toast, and uh, eggs. What kind of grade does uh, that place have from the uh, L.A. County food grading chart? I think if it'd be lower than the B, I would have noticed it. Okay. It got to be an A or a B, you know. I give it a fail just for the, the way it looks. Yeah, it look run down. The outside look run down. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's cheap. It's affordable. It's not like it's the best food, but it's affordable. You can get a whole breakfast meal. For like eight dollars or something like that, you know, this is pretty cool in this economy. What's up with the um the the marathon store across the street? Are they gonna open that back up? It was fenced off for a long time. It was fenced off for a while. I think they're building something. It's like a Nip Foundation in there, but it's so closed off. And like I say, I don't really be looking over the fence and seeing what's going on. But I've seen that it's supposed to be like a foundation coming soon or something like that. You know, I don't really know. So, what's your whole um, take on on Brick Baby now becoming the star over there at No Jumper? Man, I salute him, man. You like I say, anybody come from where I come from, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? So he got a legit job making some legit money and can get paid, you know, to talk about your history from the bullshit that we, we went through. I salute him, you know, get a legit check, you know, from a good network, <laughs> consistent. I salute him, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of motherfuckers who <laughs> getting checks and they ratting people out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, f- I feel like Brick Baby's actually doing a better job than some of the previous guys that had on there. That And those guys... No shade to them. They helped blow up No Jumper too, yeah. but it just seemed like Brick Baby's on a whole nother level. Like just the, the, his delivery, the way he speaks, his positions, his opinions, and people are telling me this guy's always high. But I'm like, this guy, this guy does a great job on the mic. 
Uh, I don't really watch their show like that. I be having my own thing going, but since that's the homie, I watch and see what he's talking about. It might pop up here and I watch it, but even the dudes before that, you know, I don't really watch it like that. That's just not what I'm into. But if it's something I got to do with me or somebody I know, I'm going to tune into it. You know? That's kind of what brought me more to watching No Jumper is that when he had the ADs, when he had the T-Rails, mm -hmm. when he has the Brick Baby, that, that kind of brings me yeah. in. You see, certain people that's on there is going to bring their own fan base to it, you know, yeah. and they're usually they'll stay to it whether they leave or not, you know, it's just how it go. You know, that's just how it goes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably actually good to switch it up every now and then, you know. Yeah, I'm sure in 2024, 2025, we're gonna, he's going to discover some new stars right, right. And, and bring them on. Right. I just think that um, the channel definitely bounced back with, with Brick Baby. Okay. He, he saved that. Bounced back like what? He was doing bad or something? I think when the previous uh, cast, because I think multiple people all left at the same time. Yeah. I think at least three or four people left. Mm -hmm. So from from what... Even Adam said that the show took a hit, the platform took a hit. Oh, but it looks like they're they're back on top. Okay, well you got you know he he got whack over there, so whack know a lot of superior, a lot whack one hundred. Shout out whack one hundred man, uh, been been solid with me, you know, and and gave me some big life changing checks, you know, and um, you know I'm rocking with him. I salute whack one hundred. So yeah, speaking on him, yeah, he got he up there. He got a show with Adam. You know, so yeah, I mean, they, you know, whenever you get them content creators bring different people in and reach out, that's all going to, you're getting everyone else's fan base, you know. All right, so um, let, let's let's bring it back to this boxing before we wrap this up. And I just, yeah. I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about what do you, th what do you think about content creators getting involved in amateur fighting and, and what's the best way to do this? so that there's some money to be made because some of these guys really think that there's a big bag if let's say like if Nina Boy and Bosco you know th their fight for example that didn't bring in millions right right i don't know what kind of bags it is but i had i had 1111 on here and they brought the receipts and it was like a couple thousand dollars yeah. you know here and there wh wh where's the future of that uh it's always big i mean you know boxing is probably the most popular sport in the world you know uh, of course, you got like, you know, soccer and you know, bigger sports, but more popular that everyone can kind of do a little bit. It's like boxing. You know, you're not going to meet someone and say, let's have a one-on-one a -on -one basketball game or let's do a two-on-two a, a -two football game. You're going to say, let's do a boxing match. You know what I'm saying? Everyone see, everybody, majority of people want to see a fight. So it's a lot of room for it, you know, and uh, a lot of boxers in the actual sport of boxing don't know how to promote themselves. This is why a lot of boxers are kind of mad. Like, man, hold on, man. This dude getting 100000 for a fight. He ain't never boxed before. I've been boxing for such and such years and really went through the ringer, and I can't get a fight. So, you know, it's this popularity contest, and it's social media world. It's the era we in. You got to promote yourself. And this is why I got so famous in boxing. This is why I made so much money in boxing without getting a scratch. A lot of boxers, you know, envious of me. You know, a lot of boxers don't get to go to 10 different countries and pick up, you know, six-figure checks without getting a scratch. Yeah, but you're talking about on a professional level. Just and, just in general. But these creators are amateurs. Just in general. So their money's going to be a little bit shorter than... No. No, Jake Paul and, and, and Logan Paul is making more than boxers. Is that right? Yeah. Bosco made 100000 It ain't too many boxers make 100000 Bosco man, Blueface is making six-figure checks. So let's say let's say Spider Loke, which he already said he ain't jumping in no ring and, and doing no boxing. But let's just say a guy like Spider Loke, who's got a name recognition, a mm -hmm. uh, talented rapper, everyone knows him. What what kind of check can a Spider Loke pull if he was to go that route? Well, uh, he's f more famous. When I say famous, I'm talking about just look at the whole world—a billion, trillion, how many people it is, right? 
How many people know Spiderlock? And how many people know Errol Spence? You know, how many people know, you know, this boxer who got all these gold medals? And how many people know Crip Mac? The network is like, well, shit, Crip Mac, we're looking at him, he got probably a billion streams. This boxer got all these gold medals and he doesn't have a thousand followers on Instagram. I think I could sell more tickets with the right promotion behind Crip Mac than this boxer who's highly skilled. So that's just where it's at. It's a lot of crossover fights. It's a lot of athletes getting checks. <laughs> it's a lot of rappers and everyone getting checks in boxing because it's all about the money. It's not really about the skill. Well, I got a, a sporting idea that would make a whole lot of money, but I don't think it would ever happen. If you take the worst NFL team of the year mm -hmm. and you put them against the best college team of the year, every year you did that, that would make millions. It'll probably make money, but you know that it's still a professional level that they, they can't fuck the colleges can't fuck with the pros. This, that we got to break that. We we got to break it to where we get the best college team. Whoever was the powerhouse and, and, and play like the Cincinnati Bengals, who were the last place team a few times. Nah, they, 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 they can't compete. It seems like that because of this, this strategy of the, you know, this Bengals might not have had the right coaching and right scheme against the Patriots or the Cowboys or whoever, right? Those are all five-star athletes. Those are all first-round draft picks. Those are all top-tier professional athletes play for the Bengals. Even if they was 0-16 for the last 10 years, an undefeated 20-0 Georgia-Alabama can't fuck with them. Well, uh, I was looking at the one of the Cincinnati Bengals teams from like two or three years ago. They had some of the youngest players. Yeah. They actually had second and third round players. But their youngest players are older than the kids playing for Alabama. But the, but the year that um, – I don't know if it was Alabama or Georgia. I looked at one of the college teams that was the best in the nation. They had above average ages. They weren't 18- and 19-year-old guys. Yeah. They had 22-year-olds and 23-year-olds and on that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. That means you had a, a lot of red shirts. I see freshmen. what you're saying, though, but that's just for that school. This bingo team or whatever team is a combination of all those schools. Yeah, we, we know ago. that the losing Bengals would most likely beat the best yeah. college team, but yeah. the point is we're going to watch that. Right, 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 we gonna right. We're going to watch right, that right, and right. see how much of a spanking right. really right. is it. Right, right, you know? right, right. And then if we if we did that every year for 20 years, there is going to be that one year right. where the college team puts yeah. it down. <laughs> but um, so back to the boxing you still haven't answered, can can a guy like Spider Loke, can a guy like Blueface, who's already boxing, let's say I jumped in the ring, uh -huh. what kind of money can we make? You can make money. So the top of the sport, you got real boxing fans worldwide, you know, and that's why it's pay-per-view. That's why it's not like free on TV, huh? you know. The Super Bowl is free. The top boxing matches will be pay-per-view. You got real boxing fans who love boxing. And you have to have a high level, you know, to get those fans. But then again, if somebody like Spyro and you had a good fan base, you can definitely reel in that kind of money. But is your fan base going to pay the pay-per-view like the boxing world is going to pay the pay-per-view? Well, 1111 Network um, wanted to know if, if I would fight Vlad because they noticed that me and Vlad had a little back and forth online. Oh yeah, you can make some money. And I said, um, I said I would do it, but I doubt Vlad would ever want to fight. Would we want to jump in the ring? But uh, I would definitely do it. Plus, you know, I would want to. If I'm gonna fight somebody, 
I want to fight someone around my age range because I believe mm-hmm. age does play a role. Yes. So I'm not fighting nobody under 40 years old. Uh-huh. I'm not fighting a 25 year old guy. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I got to understand that your skills do diminish as you get older. But uh, I'd be willing to do it. And a fight like that, you're saying, could could generate some money. Yeah, because this is about, you know, his fan base and your fan base. It's not about the boxing fan base. You know, you're not going to get the boxing fans, but you're going to get his fan base and you're going to get your fan base, which might be bigger than this Olympic guy's fan base and, you know, this other guy's fan base. Now, when we were talking off camera, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you say that Elon Musk – the richest man on earth, the guy that created the Teslas, that got no yeah. business to even worrying about somebody, said he's going to do a fight? Yes. Hey, man, Zuckerberg, you know, the Facebook CEO owner or whatever, you know. <laughs> like I say, it's entertaining. Everyone sees what's meant to be made. And it's like it's a sport where it's one-on-one. It's a sport where, okay, y'all can beat you. Man on man, let's get get in there, you know. So it's like a sport like that. It's not like a... Like I just told you, it's not like you're going to say, let's play a basketball game together or let's race, run, track. Fighting is like usually like mano y mano, like who's the better person. So that's what the boxing is about, you know, gladiator type shit. Now, so I love that. The, uh, the, the last good professional fight that I saw was Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Okay. You thought that was a good fight? It was a, yeah, it was a good fight. Like competitive? Uh, I thought it was somewhat competitive, but, but Tank is just... He's just too much of a tactician for Ryan. And and see, Ryan had so many fans that thought this is the guy that's finally going to beat Tank Davis. Mm-hmm. So we it was a, a lot of anticipation. And I just love the patience of Tank Davis and the way he dropped him. He dropped yeah. Garcia while he was throwing his most vicious punch because he ducked underneath it and came with a hook and just dropped him. So it, it was entertaining for sure. Well, well Tank is an excellent counterpuncher, and that's what he's known for, his counter his counterpunches. So... You know, for someone like Ryan, it's perfect for, for, for Tank. You know, and a lot of people don't know, the shorter fighter has a more of an advantage in boxing. Maybe not in street fighting, but in boxing, you have more of an advantage. Well, um, I don't know if you tapped in with uh, Hearns' fights from the 80s. I know you was young. Mm-hmm. He was a tall, skinny middleweight. Yeah. And he had a lot of success with with shorter fighters. But I, I, do, I do agree with you that... Sometimes being having that low center of gravity mm-hmm. gives you better vision and be, yeah, you better can see counter. everything. You yeah. can get up under stuff. Get you know, up under, and, and, yeah. And then you, you know, the tall guy can't really go for your body without exposing himself. You can go for the taller guy's body and his up top. I mean, as a tall guy, I'm exposing myself to get to your body. I do believe that Marvin Hagler, um, the shorter fighter, was able to get with Tommy Hearns. You know what I'm saying? Uh, somebody, somebody, fact check me on that because t- we're going back to like 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've been well, watching. If you know how to use your height, you got advantage. If you know how to use your, you shorter, you can use that to advantage. Yeah, but in the heavyweight division, the taller fighter usually wins. Yes and no. If the taller fighter knows how to use his height, yes. But if the shorter fighter knows how to use his height to an advantage, then he's going to get it. It just depends. That's some Styles make fights. One of my favorite short heavyweights uh, outside of Tyson, of course, was a guy named David Tua. Tua. He was a Samoan dude, I believe. Um, never been knocked out. Yeah, he's a beast. But there was no way he was going to beat Lennox Lewis because Lennox Lewis was just too big, too tall, too strong. See, Lennox knows how to use his height. Yeah. You know? So that's what I'm saying. Tyson knows how to use his compact height against taller fighters. 
Linux knows damn well I'm not letting you get past this jab. I'm gonna use this shit right. Now, how tall how tall is Linux Lewis? Like six four, six three? He's like six five, I think. Okay, David Tua was about five ten, five eleven. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to be five ten to beat the guy that's six five. I've seen it a few times. No, no, no. There's no, exceptions. No. It's not impossible. But when you got a Lennox Lewis at his level, yeah. He's never gonna let no five foot ten dude beat him. That's what I'm saying. If you know how to use it. You're okay. And my point is, if if David Tua, with all his skills and his strength and power, was six one, if he was six two, he would have been, he 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 would have been beating everybody. Yeah, which just depends on your style too. I said, just go. It's so many different things into it, man. It's there's so many you know I'm saying things that got to do with it. All right. Know? So, um, when, when's your next professional fight? I'm most more than likely fighting October 9th. Do you have an opponent? Dubai. Uh, I got like three three to pick from. Right, so you're fighting in Dubai at the yeah. same time uh, DeAndre Savage is fighting. Yes. Okay. Same day, same night. Yeah, same day. So, so you, so you're you're fighting, and then the the guy you're managing is fighting on the same card. Yeah, because I got him on a card. That's how I work. Okay. You know, you usually want to sign with someone who's still active, and that way you can pull him in on your undercard. You know. So so did did um did Floyd Mayweather become a manager while he was still before he retired? Um. He became a boxing promoter when he was in jail, I believe. But he was promoting himself mostly. Yeah, yeah, he was doing promotions with all that stuff before that. But I think they really, really made it official uh, when he uh, went to jail. Okay. So we're going to see you in October? Yeah. And um, since it's way in Dubai, we're probably not going to have a way to watch it? 12 hours ahead. You have a way to watch it. I'll post on my Instagram, stuff like that. All right. uh, Let the people know where they can find you once again, 600. Uh, I'm mainly on YouTube now. I'm on Instagram every day, but I kind of just got off of Instagram. My Instagram handle is my full name, at Christopher Lovejoy, all one word. Uh, but I'm on YouTube every day. I'm trying to be consistent. Uh, my handle on there is at 600, the number six, H-U-N-N-E-T. That's my handle. There you go, guys. And if you want to tap in with me, Alex Alonso, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at AlexAlonso101. Um, if you want to watch a couple video clips of this episode, I will be posting a couple of them on the Street TV YouTube platform. But of course, if you want to hear this entire episode, it'll be on your favorite podcast platform. And thanks for tapping in with another fire episode of Streets and Scholars. Let's get it.